All right, so we are back for episode number four of Adversity to Prosperity with myself, Benjamin Brain, high performance coach and Neil Lewis, scale up expert and high growth business coach. So welcome back for this episode number four, Neil. Great to have you on board again. Hey, thanks, Ben. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here again. Uh, feels, I don't know about you, but maybe we're just starting to turn a bit of a corner now. Um, I know not necessarily from the sort of number of cases of, of COVID-19, but I think in terms of people are coming to terms now with the shock of what happened three or four weeks ago and uh, have put plans into place now. And they're maybe then starting to think around, okay, start looking forward. What, what can I do to sort of shift my mindset now and to, to think to the future, wherever that might be. So I think today's podcast is going to really hone in a bit more of what we touched on last time around the importance of, of marketing. And then I think now probably is an opportunity to get back into sales, not necessarily selling right now. And I'm not sure people are quite ready to be sold to certainly overtly, but making sure that we do all the homework and all the preparation and all of the, uh, um, the training so that we're as fit as we can be. Um, so that's where we're, I think we'll focus today. Yeah, I think definitely with regards to the mindset of the population, the conversations that I've been having with other entrepreneurs and business owners take a very similar trail to what you've talked about. It does seem like you've said that initial shock phase has now passed and people are getting down into the business and, and looking for these innovations and ideas and starting to prepare for when eventually we can get back to back to work. So obviously, I th- nobody knows what the market's going to be like for any sector. You know, it's, it's, it's still a guessing game. But as you said, with marketing, particularly in sales, you would imagine that everybody's going to be trying to go out there and, and grab as, as large a part of the as large as piece of pies as possible. So I think that's a great, great topic for today to make sure that we're ready for making the most of what we've got now, but also making the most of when things go back to normal. Huge. So let's get to work on the first area that um, is almost housekeeping really um and sort of doing a spring clean it's great that we're at least feeling like spring actually feels a bit more like going into summer right now but you know this notion of the spring clean so what i want you to think about is you know what, what parts of your business are really 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 due for a spring clean right now and if we think about our marketing it's something we've been working on in our business is just getting in and having a good critique of the website. Um, you know, it's something that maybe you haven't had the luxury of doing that for a while. And is it still fit for purpose? Is it still got the right phone numbers? Are the images still current? Um, is there opportunity just to make sure that everything that uh, you'd want to have on there, it looks as good as it can be. So again, just almost having a checklist, right? I'm going to spend a week dusting down my website again, just making sure that that's, that's looking as good as it possibly can do. Then one of the things that we, we've just done is total overhaul of Facebook. And, and probably like a lot of business people, I ha- had just one Facebook site, I had some pages and had some groups, but I didn't have them uh, separate. So I've set up my own Facebook um, page now, just for Neil Lewis in terms of, from more of a business perspective. And then underneath that, we've got some Facebook pages for our company and then Facebook groups for some of the programs we run um, and invited, um, you know, raft of uh, CEOs in fact be great if anybody's listening to this today you have a look at the bottom of the uh, the, the, the podcast um, for some some notes and where you can find that uh, Facebook page love you to come and join us on that um, but again that's something you can practically get to work on doing that and then start thinking about who else can you connect with right now uh, and, and and get to work on that LinkedIn is another another great one that um, 
right now. There's so much you can do on, on LinkedIn. It, for me, it's such a powerful resource for most massively underutilized how, how, how you can go about using LinkedIn. One, to build your personal brand. Two, to build your, your business brand. Three, to go and attract potential new, new uh, employees in the future. And also, obviously, to, to demonstrate the value that you give to your particular market. So some practical things you can just get to work on there for your company. Have you got a consistency? Have you got a really nice banner going across the top of your LinkedIn page? Have you got an upstate photograph of yourself that, again, looks professional? Have you got your contact details? Bit? Are they websites pointing to the right direction? Often you find you haven't updated it for years, and it's an old website or it's an old email address on there. It's redundant. So just a really good thing to do that. Dust down your background. Dust down some of the things. Great chance now to go to your suppliers or your customers and ask them for recommendations and tips about why they should do business with you. They're probably feeling, if you've got a good relationship, in a good place to, to give you some uh, recommendations right now. So I think there's some really practical steps there, Ben, that people can get to work on in this spring clean that dust things down, get things fit for purpose again. And what I'd encourage them to do is why wouldn't you just uh, maybe rather than um, what's something I've been practicing this week, Rather than typically when you see someone's birthday come up on LinkedIn and you just drop, drop them a, uh, an automated note almost, hey, happy birthday, just pick the phone up for them and just say, happy birthday. We don't know each other that well, but uh, I noticed your birthday. And that's something I've done three times this week, and it's been very, very powerful um, to do that. Wow, great tip there. I'll be looking out for that, definitely. And I think you can always tell on LinkedIn when it is your birthday who has put a little bit of time into creating their own message and who has just clicked the automated send 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 so it does make a difference yeah definitely and i think right now there are some people who are definitely um i'm noticing uh sending more linkedin notes out probably people whose who's profession is to help people like myself as coaches get more leads they seem to be very prevalent at the moment people who can actually help me with my website and stuff like that but i think that again even though they do that reasonably personal it still doesn't really come across that way so just being careful when you do drop a, a personalized note to someone just to make sure that it comes with empathy, comes with, um, you know, the best in, intentions. So that's some, some areas. Now you may also have Twitter again, opportunity to same rules apply. Just go back into that and do that. And, and then once you've done that, start thinking about getting into the discipline of setting down maybe some content once a week, better, you know, more frequently, but once a week, just get into the article and write something about what your business does or write something about, you know, something that struck you that particular week or use the, um, the sort of the, the that, that, that area just to, to share some, some maybe a, um, a YouTube video you like or something like that, but just start to use it, use that to do that better still. And this is the next big, big opportunity that you can get to work on in the coming months is to get a YouTube site. I'm absolutely convinced in the next six to 12 months, video is just going to be the game changer. So you can either ignore it and stick your head in the sand and say, that's not for me, or you can embrace it and say, right, okay, right now I'm going to do more to video. I'm going to talk about my company, my purpose, my values to video. I can talk about, you know, all the products we sell. Yvonne Gorman did a great little uh, skiff this week, just pretend to play piano and stuff like that, just to give a bit of comedy to, to uh, what she's doing right now. Um, Get a YouTube channel set up. YouTube is owned by Google, biggest search engine in the world. Owning second biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. If you want to be found in the future, make sure that you're visible, 
make sure that you've got something that to, to, is, is, is starting to become fit for purpose. Right now, well, I've only just done this, so we've only got about 20 subscribers, but um, my goal is to be up to about 200 subscribe, subscribers in the next few weeks, and then from there, you know, can hopefully with good content, you can push on from there. And then just like you do, Ben, if you're really up for it, may start doing podcasts as well. <laughs> I don't know. That is a that is a uh, a hole you do not want to start digging if you've not already. <laughs> this has uh, grown quite considerably larger than what I'd first imagined when I first started doing this, and I thought it'd be a nice little hobby I could play around with in the evenings. But I'm glad that I've done it. So, and yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that you've talked about there, Neil, with regards to setting up the LinkedIn page, the company page, the Facebook account, the YouTube channel, these are all things that a lot of us have in the back of our mind. But the day to day firefighting soon means that they never get done so now is the ideal opportunity to, to get them done and as you've said on on previous podcasts you've also got the time to maybe do some training on them buy an online course watch some videos about how to make the most of these platforms and start practicing now because if you've not done it before particularly on youtube what i think holds most people back is the fear of putting themselves out there but everybody is terrible on their first video and there's never been a better time to get a terrible first video out so when yeah. things come back to normal you're already a little bit practiced and you feel a bit more confident in front of the camera definitely and, and uh you know there's you know the great thing is you don't need a huge amount for it you know uh, the iPhone cameras now or Samsung, as I mentioned, have got fantastic cameras to them. Just maybe finding a, tri- a, a little tripod somewhere. You can get a 30, 30 pound tripod through Amazon. Um, better still, if you can get, get lighting and stuff like that, if you really want to take it seriously. And then um, I just use iMovie um, on my iPad and I'm not an editor in any way, shape or form, but you can cut pretty quick video um, down and it post it straight to YouTube. So, as you say, all of these from LinkedIn to YouTube have help areas that you can, uh, you know, the likes of me, I can just go and find out help. Even a bloke can go and find out help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think another thing that holds people back, particularly on the YouTube side as well, is that you think you have to have this amazingly produced and polished video that's had a, a marketing budget of thousands of pounds. But, you know, if you're going to do a, a paid promotion and it's going to be an advertising campaign, the videos like the guys do at Avid Media, you know, they're, they're amazing. But for the purposes of social media, I think people do just appreciate that authentic you talking on camera. It's not scripted. It's just you being your genuine you, like you say, talking about your company, talking to your customers, talking about the benefits of working with you. Massive. And I think, again, you know, we've had to go through um, social distancing. We're getting used to social distancing. But um, technology allowing us to, uh, to really get much closer to one another. Uh, in different ways, you know, and it's you know, about um, you know becoming much closer through the likes of Zoom and that that, that sort of thing. And uh, so this is going to be massive, um, and we'll probably come back to you in, in sort of coming weeks about how you can really embrace um, the likes of YouTube. One from a mindset perspective, getting over the sort of negatives around that, but then secondly, the skill sets just to sort of start doing these things, um, and then you know take take it take it from there. Um, but you mentioned a word there, which is so important, authenticity. And people, I think, now uh, prefer the authentic. And it's, I think even sort of doing videos where the dog starts barking halfway through or the kids sort of come running in behind you, people get that. You know, <laughs> it's just like, this is the way it is now, you know. And, you know, uh, I think because you can um, demonstrate that you know, you're human and you care about others, that, that's important, isn't it? 
Yeah, most definitely. I think more than ever now, definitely in, in most sectors and most industries across most social media platforms. So yeah, definitely. Authenticity is the word there. Yeah. So, so I think that's just what we're honing Just quickly go back to real opportunity um, in your diaries, put a checklist down um, and, you know, just almost go through it. Right. Website. Yeah. Done that. Facebook done that. LinkedIn got to that. Twitter have just dusted that site down. Uh, what else do I need that's a marketing touch point? And then maybe even go back to some of the brochures that you may send out. Go back to some of the other marketing collateral that you use. Is that still fit for purpose? Or does that need dusting down as well? Um, and, yeah, just an opportunity to refresh that and to, to bring, bring that back together. So real time of opportunity now. You know, start to think forward. What is it going to look like in terms of is it ship shape and Bristol fashion? Is a phrase coming through the spring clean? Let's get everything right, all the machinery repaired in the farm, get everything dusted down so we're good to go. So I think that's the marketing. The next thing I'd like to turn to now is a huge, huge opportunity for the next three months, one that only comes along once in a generation, and that's the luxury of having some time to invest in, mar- in sales, um, <laughs> real, real, real sales. So um, it's, it's often, and I, I imagine a lot of people are going to be listening to this and then watching it as well, is often the MD or the CEO um, or the founder of the company who also tends to be head of sales in a smaller company. As you grow and you scale up, yeah, you might then have to bring in an opportunity to bring in business development managers and then the sales managers and sales directors and all that. But I guess for a lot of our listeners, it, it's going to be the CEO or the founder who's doing a lot of sales as well. That's just the way it is. Um, and so right now, I think we're probably not quite right for hard selling yet. But uh, there's an opportunity to, again, dust down all of the, uh, the material and get ourselves ready for when that opportunity comes along again. But the first thing I'd like you to do is, and we touched on this last week, is to start writing down a list of people that you're going to be reaching out to over the coming weeks and months. Um, one of my sales coaches, he's contacting something like 1,200 businesses in the course of the next three months, not to sell to, just to make a call checking how they're doing, building relationships, um, being there for them. And by the way, if there's anything that they can do to help, just making sure that they're there. Investing that time is is a great time just to be there, to be knowing that you're thinking about people. It may be lucky that some people say, I'm thankful you just call right now. I do need this or I do need that. But make sure it's not your intention to sell overtly. But what you can get to work on is things like your CRM system. So your customer relationship or client relationship management system. Again, this is probably not being neglected, but maybe it's an opportunity to uh, bring in some of the contacts, bring in some of the business cards where you've had meetings. I use LinkedIn mainly. I don't necessarily catch business cards anymore. I use LinkedIn to connect with people. But when as soon as you LinkedIn, then you have their email address as well. And then bring that in with their permission into your CRM system um, and your detail about when you first started connecting with them when you first started that that, that call so i use capsule um and and hubspot we're probably going to use more hubspot in the future other companies use salesforce there's some very very powerful systems out there capsule is a great one because it's free um uh, or i think if you you know to to, to start with but even if you have a few users it's only eight eight pound per user so that's that's a real benefit but is an, again an opportunity to go through there, see who's in your pipeline, keep in touch with the, the sort of people um, through those the, those calls, and then and in the future, then it's an opportunity then to start to 
sort of getting more more um, more beneficial conversations going there. So that's that's the CRM. Second thing I like you to start thinking about is again going back to your sales scripts. Probably haven't been seeing the light of day for a while, or you haven't necessarily used sales scripts. But now is a great chance to start thinking about what are some of the top questions that we should be really asking to uncover our customers' needs. What are the real powerful questions that are really going to draw our empathy and emotion that maybe we haven't really thought about before? Let's have a brainstorm around what, what can be done in coming up and, and getting those those questions down. Um, and then build them into your, your, your sales scripts. And a lot of people have a real pushback in sales scripts and saying, wow, that just sounds too too manufactured, just too, too um, just to fabricate and i think the reason for that often is that they've never really practiced it so because they haven't practiced it and role played and role played and role played it it doesn't feel like it's coming off the you know, the, the top of the mind it feels like it is stereo you know, sort of um a bit sort of um robotic yeah yeah so, yeah thanks ben um so and equally great time now as well to uh think about what are the what are the common objections we normally get um, when we, you know, I'm making a sales pitch, um, and I did this with a, the team of with uh, from one of my clients in Ireland last week, um, and uh, we just had them into get into three or four different uh, breakout rooms on Zoom, and just brainstorm what are the frequent objections they come across. Um, you know, we're okay right now. Now's not right time. We've already got a great, great supplier already that we're happy with. Um, we were. Had something that you let us down with in the past. A whole raft of things they came up with, pricing and all those sort of things. So really great opportunity to brainstorm what are the frustrations that you quite often have, um, what are the objections they have. And then once you've done that, you've got all those typical objections down, and then a great opportunity to brainstorm again. How do you overcome those objections? What are the what are the areas that we could actually come back with in terms of, okay, here are your point against price, but what are you judging us in value or for this term or that term? So really great opportunity to do that. And then the other thing I'd like you to think about is converting the features of your proposition, of your value proposition into real benefits. Um, and sales masters really understand that often it's the features that, yeah, that's very nice. Um, you know, the feature that you know, we have um, um, this particular product or we have this that does that, it does this and other. But then being able to rein it back into what is the benefit to the prospect or to the customer of that that particular feature, because it's the benefit that really ties into what's going to help solve a problem for them, or it's going to make their lives easier, or it's going to save them money, or whatever it is. Your feature is great, but it's then turning it into a benefit. So it's really powerful right now to spend some time thinking about your features and then taking them into benefit statements. And then you can then create some PowerPoint slides or the deck or whatever you want to just to help them in terms of the training. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. There's some great ideas. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, now is the time to sit down and actually think about the objections that your business and your salespeople and yourself may be facing because so often for many of us, we are faced with the same objections, but unless you take the time to sit back and review and actually put some solid answers in place, you are constantly missing out opportunities because you just move on to the next one and move on to the next one without really thinking about how you can address it as effectively as possible. So like you say, that's a, that's a great time to do that, most definitely. Yeah. So just give me, what would you, in your lettings business, what are the typical objections that you'd have? 
Okay, so for example, for the big one on, on, the, on the residential estate agency side of things is there is a big disparity between from one agent to the other in terms of how much commission they charge. Yeah. So one agent might be doing a percentage commission, another agent might do a flat fee. What we ultimately, well, I'll, I'll let you chip in with your bit then and, and see if we, if we go down the same path. So, but usually, yeah, our main objection is dealing with competition who are selling it the proposed same service and the same result for a cheaper price. Definitely. And, and, and that's often, you know, everyone faces that. There's maybe apples and pears in the way that, uh, you know, two different propositions arrive at. Um, and often, and they say, I think, yeah, it is sort of money is an idea backed by confidence. It's, it's, it's for a lot of us, when we start talking about money, we kind of, if we haven't really got on top of our scripts or on top of uh, practicing this is when we start sort of uh, choking up a bit or not having that same level of confidence. Um, but if you know full well that you've a practice objection, I can tell you exactly why we are a slightly different level to that particular estate agent. It's because we passionately believe that this service we offer is going to be so much more beneficial to you. Yes, you may pay a bit more, but paying that bit more means you've got peace of mind because we do X, Y, and Z that no one else does. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a real shame. We'd, we'd really started to get into the training before this lockdown happened. And on that particular question, I'm probably giving away some of the secrets to any competitor agents that are listening. But when we are positioned with that problem now, so for example, what we like to do is to get out to the property to find out what the customer's needs are and see if we can tailor make a solution to them. So then the fee that we charge is actually, you know, it's, it's relevant and specific to them. But when customers call and say, I want to know your fee before we come out, that's very difficult to overcome. So how we deal with that is we reframe that question. And when we're given that question, we would say, rather than telling them what the fee would be, we would say, well, what's more important to you? Is it the final price that you achieve for the sale of your property? Or is it the fee that the agent charges you? And then all of a sudden, you start a different conversation then. Yeah. So this is when it can be really liberating because, again, it's this taking this chance to sort of in this unique time again, just to, to go through all these things and build them into your sales playbook. So any sporting team wouldn't dream of going out on the pitch, you know, if they haven't got the playbook for how they're going to play that game that weekend. Derby County would be using a playbook. They'll go up to more Farm or wherever they practice and they'll be doing the drills. They'll be doing the drills, what they expect, you know, the competition to come and throw that at them. They'll be practicing routines, going through that. Um, so when they have to play in the big game, they've already kind of gone through that and know the expectations or the objections or however you frame it. So having a sales playbook, that your sales playbook that you go to, that means that you've got consistency. I, can t- I can't tell you how many times you go into an organization and there's one salesperson who does it his way, another salesperson who does it their way. There's another one salesperson who, this is my favorite way. And then certainly before you have it, you may have all of your different estate agents doing things in a totally different way and think, wow, how does this go? No, having one sales playbook, this is the way we do it. And if there's an improvement to be made, we can then bring that back in. So having questions down, features and benefits, scripts, coaching in terms of objections and how you're going to handle those objections brings all of those back into your sales playbook. And then this is where the real kicker comes in. And this is where very, very few people have the time to really do the practice or the role plays. But I can't tell you how important this is right now. Again, going back to the Derby County analogy, they wouldn't dream of finishing on a Saturday and then just think, oh, by the way, we've done okay, we'll come back next Saturday, you know, and we'll do any fitness training or practicing. No, they go out and they practice relentlessly day in and day out. So come at the game day, they're on top of their game. 
why on earth is it that sales teams never ever practice? They never ever take time to go and do the role plays, do the drills, overcome objections, different scenarios that we could be thrown at. They just leave it to chance that on the game day, hopefully we win it, hopefully we'll, we'll connect. So it's a unique opportunity over the coming weeks and months to really get to work with your sales team, doing role plays, doing these areas, practicing these things, start to make, make more calls in a few months' time when the time is right and put this to work. So a couple of tips there, I think, again, that you can serve you really well over the coming months is to get yourself and your sales team as fit as they can be, as skilled as they can be, doing the drills, get your sales playbook down. Then when you come out the other side, you make sure that against any other person in your space, you've got the best team. And then when opportunities arise, you will capitalize. Yeah, some great points there. Thank you for that, Neil. And I think I especially picked up on, you know, having one sales playbook. Everybody likes to do things their own way. But if you have a system, then you can look at what's working, what's not working. You can tweak it and improve it. Whereas if you don't have a uniform system, you can't improve it. You can't tweak it. So, uh, yeah, that really uh, sounds like a, a very good idea. Which sets us up beautifully for next week's podcast, which is going to be around systems and processes. Okay, well, that is definitely my bag there. So you're talking a language that I that I uh, I'm looking forward to with that because I've got a real fondness of systems and processes. So it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on that, particularly because we are, you know, as an estate agency, there are so many systems and so many processes that we're still, you know, continuously working at. Yeah, and again, systems and processes are what really drive sales. And again, having that sales playbook. Um, I, I'm a great advocate of Jack Daly um, and his sales play, but I can't show you because of the background screen right now, but we can give a link to that again. But to anybody who wants to read right now, there's Jeffrey Gittimer's Sales Bible, which is probably one of my favorite books. Jack Daly is a sales playbook, um, great resources. And then I've got on the YouTube site, we've set up a whole raft of uh, a whole playlist around sales videos. So again, we'll put a link to this because this is really powerful stuff. Now you've got an opportunity just to give your sales teams an opportunity to go and learn from the very best of the best over the coming weeks and months, keep them sharp. Um, but then use that as a catalyst. Have them go and watch a video, maybe watch a Brian Tracy video and then do a lunch and learn. What do we learn from the traits of maybe someone who is becoming, um, you know, five, five tips become a great sales professional or what does a consultative seller look like versus, you know, non-consultative seller. So again, let's make sure we give the, the listeners some of the resources that's going to help them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll include all of those links over on the, the show notes over at benjaminbrain.co.uk. So we'll include all of those. There are some really good resources there. I've not heard of a couple of those sales books, so I'll be checking those out. Definitely. Good. All right. So in summary, then on the marketing side, now is time to spring clean, get yourself a checklist, go through your social media profiles, your platforms, your website, make sure that everything is giving the right message to your customer and that it's all aligned. On the sales side, get your scripts in order. If you haven't got scripts, look at creating some. Go through your objections that you're faced with on a regular basis. Come up with some really powerful and effective responses to that. Uh, and also get, a, a, get yourself a, a sales playbook that the whole team can play to it and get practicing. You got it. All right, Brill. Thank you for that, Neil. Really enjoyed it as usual. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us and joining us on the podcast again. And uh, looking forward to talking systems and processes on next week's episode of Adversity to Prosperity. Thanks, Neil. Catch up with you next week.